0: Feeling like an absolute failure, she'd moved back to Tindledale, installing herself in the spare bedroom of Honeysuckle Cottage, her granny's tiny ramshackle thatched cottage overlooking the village green. The place had been standing empty since granny had fallen and fractured her left hip. Maddy and Sophia's dad, who lived in Spain, had been worried that the 300-year-old house would fall into disrepair if left empty, so he was only too happy for Maddie to move in. Granny was delighted, too, as she had politely declined Sophia's offer to come and live with her and Ben after the fall, saying she didn't want to be a burden. Instead, she'd booked herself into the Evergreens-supported living complex— insisting that she'd be happy there with her friends, Joni and Sandra. I met them through the Tyndledale Tappers knitting circle. They say it's ever so nice living at Evergreens, having all your washing done for you and your meals cooked, Granny had told Maddie, And... They have plenty of trained nursing staff on hand in case I have another fall. There's no end of social activities to get involved in, with trips out for afternoon tea or a stroll around the local garden centre. They even offer yoga and power walking for those that fancy it. Maddie had thought it sounded perfect for a sprightly octogenarian like Granny. Apart from the fool, she was generally in good physical health, but her memory was showing signs of fading, and the family had been worried about her. Mads, can we call it a wrap? Or whatever it is you say at the end of a shoot. I've had enough now, Sophia bellowed. It was getting chilly as the afternoon sun had sunk down behind the summer house and she longed to go indoors and get warmed up. Just one more, Maddy called back, flicking a lock of curly auburn hair away from her eyeline. You look utterly stunning, by the way. She gave her sister a thumbs up before finishing off, grateful to her for agreeing to do the shoot. Maddy had hopes of securing a fashion shoot in Italy, although her chances were slim with the competition so fierce. Unlike the other photographers vying for this particular shoot, Maddy didn't have any well-placed connections, not even a friend who was the makeup artist, like she had for her last assignment in Cornwall for an online fashion store. That had been a few months ago, and so she badly needed to keep the work coming in. Eventually, she had chanced her arm and called her old school friend Cynthia, who was a makeup artist on many of the big fashion shows and London's West End Theatre and Global Film Productions. Sure, I'll see what I can do to help, Cynthia told her. There's nothing like a good recommendation in this business. Cynthia had advised her to keep phoning booking agents directly in the meantime, but the usual response was a dismissive suggestion to submit a selection of images from her portfolio and they would get back to her. One had added airily, We'll call you in the event a rare opportunity opens up where we may require a photographer with your level of experience. Ouch. The implication had stung. Maddie knew she was a good photographer, but she was very much a self-taught amateur and... Having come to the world of travel and fashion photography far later than her contemporaries, she didn't have a large professional portfolio of accredited paid work to share. Since the split with Brad, Maddie had worked hard to drag her self-esteem off the floor and put herself back together again. She'd helped out with the twins, volunteered at the local charity shop, photographed a couple of local weddings, all while working as many shifts as she could in the village pub, The Duck and Puddle. In short, she'd done everything possible to keep her mind occupied and away from wondering just how brilliant a time Brad was having in New York. She knew she had to move on, but it wasn't easy, given that Brad had been her first real love and the only long-term relationship she'd had. She walked over to join Sophia, turned the screen of the camera towards her so she could see the pictures. See how beautiful you look? Maddy said, handing Sophia the caftan. Hmm, you're lucky I love you and want you to have the career you've always dreamed of, because I wouldn't be standing up against a tree all afternoon for just anyone, you know. Sophia said, feigning exasperation and shaking her head before giving Maddie a quick hug. But yes, I can see it was worth getting backache for. I don't suppose you would print a few for me to keep, please? She asked. I'd like to have some to show this one when he or she is grown up. She stroked a loving hand over her bump. Of course, I'd love to, and thank you for today. Sorry it took so long, you've been amazing. Well, amazing is a stretch. I've done a pretty good job of being tired and irritable, though, (laughs) and I want to put my feet up. Sophia let the caftan slip over her head and float down around her naturally tanned body. There you are! it was ben his kind eyes twinkling as he came through the white wooden gate at the other end of the garden waggling a phone in the air and with a twin hanging off each outstretched arm i'd just got home and your mobile was ringing on the hall table i saw it was evergreen so i thought i'd better answer it in case something had happened to your granny again he handed the phone over to sophia simultaneously planting a kiss on her lips and saying, you look gorgeous by the way, you too Mads, he added with a brotherly grin. Then to the twins, hey, enough climbing you two, I'm not a flaming tree. He shook his head as the twins let go and ran to hug Sophia, then Maddie, before making a beeline towards her silver camera case. "Ah, uh, I don't think so. Ben said, intercepting them just in time. Right, I'm off to put the lasagna in the oven. Sophia, don't rush, babe. I've got it all under control. He yelled back over his shoulder. Maddie smiled, tenting her eyes with a hand to shade them from the sun as she watched Ben wade through the wildflower meadow that had sprung up in that section of the garden which had been left to nature with a twin under each arm. Sophia and Ben had been together since their teens, having first met one summer when Sophia came over to visit her English granny, then falling in love and eventually marrying in their 20s. They were the quintessential teenage sweethearts. They just went together, like toast and jam, sweet and kind to each other. Sophia motioned to Maddie to bring her a wooden garden chair from over by the summer house. Yes, that's right. It's her granddaughter, Sophia. Here, she said into the phone, giving Maddie a look of concern as she mouthed her thanks and gratefully lowered herself into the chair. Maddie stopped packing away her equipment and moved in closer to hear what was being said fidgeting with her butterfly necklace as she always did when worried. Sophia paused and glanced again at Maddy. I see. Are you sure she doesn't have concussion? Sophia nodded as she listened some more, seemingly taking it all in. Oh, yes, she has mentioned that name several times. No, I'm afraid we don't know. More silence. "'If you're sure, then we'll come in the morning, but please do call if anything changes.' After saying goodbye, Sophia turned to Maddie and told her. "'Granny has had a fall. Nothing too serious. She tripped over a ball of wool that had fallen from her knitting bag. She grazed her face when she landed on the carpet.' The doctor checked her over and gave her the all-clear, then they helped her up to bed. She's sleeping now. They don't want to wake her, but thought we should know as she's been upset and has been talking about someone called Audrey again. Oh dear. Maddie creased her forehead, concerned for her grandmother. The same thing had happened with her last fall when she fractured her hip. In the distress and confusion and immense pain, no doubt, she had become very anxious, wringing her hands and asking after Audrey, desperate to know where she was and whether she was okay. Maddie had found it very difficult to witness her beloved grandmother so upset, especially when they were utterly helpless to make it better for her, because the simple truth was, they had absolutely no idea who Audrey was. Poor Granny. At her time of life, she shouldn't have a care in the world, other than which pudding she'll choose for dessert, or what she'd like to knit next, or the best book to select from the library trolley. You know, all the lovely things in life. Maddie thought of their dad's gentle, unassuming mum, who loved knitting and reading and sharing a bag of her favourite licorice all sorts with her friends over a good chinwag and a cup of tea. The last thing Maddie wanted was for Granny to be upset and tearful. She resolved that first thing in the morning she was going to make it her mission to find out who Audrey was and put her granny's mind at rest.